0: Hi there, ladies. This is Sue Mills, and I am just so excited to speak to you on our third week of studying the book of Haggai. Hasn't it just been so much more than you ever thought it would be? For me, and I bet you as well, when you dig into this wonderful book, it causes us to pause and reflect, doesn't it? And we see the Lord telling the people in the book of Haggai back then also to consider, to reflect, to take a look at your life and what you are doing. Now, the Hebrew figure of speech for this word consider is put your heart on the roads. Isn't that interesting? Haggai asked God's people to consider what direction their life is headed and if they really wanted to continue that way. And may I say, there has been moments in my life where the Lord has asked me, hey, let's consider your ways. What direction are you headed, Sue? It's a hard question at times, isn't it? And it's usually when I'm frustrated or confused or things didn't work out the way I so thought they would, I just don't feel the nearness of God and I get to a place where I stop and I hear that small voice say, what are you doing in your life, Sue? Where are you going? But you know the good thing about it? When I stop and I say, Lord, tell me what to do, because I don't know what to do, you know, God? blesses obedience when we hear what He wants us to do and we make that choice to obey Him. So, let's take a quick recap. Now, remember the Jews had returned from Babylon, a remnant of them had, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild their lives and homes again, and they ran into opposition from the enemies, and it just put a halt on the work. Now, I've read different commentaries. One says fourteen years, one says fifteen years, one says sixteen years. I'll go middle and say for fifteen years they did nothing. Then Haggai the prophet goes to Zerubbabel the governor of Judah and also Joshua the priest, and he says, It's time to get back to rebuilding the temple. You have stopped and you are only concerned with your own lives, and building your own homes, and you're rationalizing, saying it's not time to build the temple, and not putting God first. You know, when the foundation was first laid, when they first started, it says in the book of Ezra that the people gave a great shout and praising the Lord because the foundation and the altar had been built. I bet it was like, we're on a roll now. We're getting it. We've been waiting all these years. Because remember, they had been in exile 70 years. For so long, don't you think, during that time, they were dreaming of the day that they would get back to Judah, that they would start their lives and they would worship the Lord their God again. They would get back to rebuilding the temple. I bet some of them thought about that every day. The man that led these exiles back to Judah, as I said before, was Zerubbabel, and he was a great leader, and he was the governor of Judah. Now there is really not a lot we know about Zerubbabel, but what we do know I found very interesting. Let's take a look at him. Zerubbabel, he got the temple foundation and the altar built fairly quickly. Whereas I said before, there was great rejoicing. They're like, we're on a roll now. This is going to be amazing. Let's get this temple done. But no sooner had that foundation and altar been built than the enemy comes in to stop the progress. No kidding. So for 15 years, we don't know what Zerubbabel did during this time. His discouragement following the first months of excitement and accomplishment They must have been deep. Did it turn to hopelessness for Zerubbabel? Don't know. But we do know nothing was done for all those years. It was just put on hold. Was he praying every day, asking when they could continue? Or had he just given up thinking like everyone else and making excuses? It's not the right time. We'll finish it later. And he continued on with his life, building his own home. But isn't God good? He sends two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to encourage him. It's like they said, Hey, we got a message from the Lord. It's time to rebuild. Let's get your priorities in order. And the Lord goes on to say, And I'm paraphrasing here You came back to rebuild the temple and worship me again, but you stopped. You put me on the back burner. And the Lord continues to say, Consider this. Stop. Take a moment and see what direction your life's going. And it says in verse 16 of chapter 2, When you hoped for a twenty-bushel crop, you harvested only ten. When you expected to draw fifty gallons from the rind press, you found only twenty. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy all the produce of your labor. Yet, even so, you refused to return to me, said the Lord. They had to repent. It wasn't just that the temple wasn't built. Inside, their hearts were far away from the Lord. Now, remember Zerubbabel, it seems. He was part of just going along with his life for those 15 years, living through the lack, the days of shortages, these days when there wasn't enough to go around. Yet we don't see him taking charge during this time as the governor to start rebuilding. He could have just been discouraged felt like he had misread what the Lord was doing in his life. You know what? In other words, human. I think we've all experienced times of that. Until, that's a great word, isn't it? Until Haggai and Zechariah, the encouragers came and told him that it was time to get back to work. Here, don't you just see the mercy and grace of God? Even when we are discouraged or our priorities are not right, the Lord knows and he orchestrates events or sends people to encourage us and help us to get on the right track. Amazing God we serve. Zerubbabel was a man with leadership qualities. He got that first remnant back to Judah, very excited to start the rebuilding of the temple. He probably had it in his mind just how it would go, and when it didn't, an opposition came in. When he was doing what he felt God had called him to do, and it didn't happen just that way, all things stopped. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, I have. And I have said things to the Lord like, I thought I heard you right, and nothing is going right. And I'm so discouraged. I was talking to a friend not too long ago, and she is in the valley of discouragement right now. She's a believer, she knows the Lord. But she was telling me that her and her husband had prayed and fasted and they had started a ministry together and they poured everything into it with such high hopes. And the bottom line, it didn't work out. And she sat there and she was questioning everything she once thought about God and how he spoke to her and how he didn't now. Ladies, we don't know why God allows things to happen and we feel that we misread him. And then the enemy comes in and tells us that we blew it, that God is mad at us, that God can't be trusted because it didn't work out the way we thought, and we just stop. Can I just say the enemy just loves that? Listen to that again. The enemy loves that when we stop our work for the Lord. He loves to render us ineffective. But this God we serve, his ways are so much higher than ours, aren't they? He works things out in ways we never thought possible. Ah, ladies, do you trust him? Do you trust that he is working in your life, even in the circumstance you're in right now? But here's such an amazing part. He knows when we're discouraged, and he understands. Ladies, he understands, and he sends encouragement. You only have to open your Bible to hear him speak words to you, to encourage you. Sometimes he just sends the right person along to say just the right thing to you, doesn't he? The other day, I was sitting on the couch. It was 8 o'clock at night. I was watching TV, just kind of vegging, and the thought came into my mind, you need to send a text. I teach a class, and a husband and wife that come to the class were not there for a long time, and I had heard he was sick. So I texted both of them, and I said, gosh, we miss you in class. Hope you're feeling better. Can't wait for you to come back. Well, they texted me right back and said, you do not know what those words did for us. We're coming back to class as soon as I get better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Women, that was such a simple thing to do, a little text. Have you ever gotten a note in the mail or a person calls you and says, you know what? I've been thinking about you. Before I came to do this podcast, a dear friend called me and said, I'll pray for you for your podcast. Words of encouragement. They go so far and they're so wonderful. The Lord speaks through Haggai and he says to Zerubbabel, take courage and work for I am with you. My spirit remains among you. The prophet Zechariah also spoke to Zerubbabel. Listen to this in Zechariah 4, 6 through 8. It says this, Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. No, Zerubbabel, it's not in your strength. Because probably this was going to be very overwhelming to him to start right away after 15 years of doing nothing and saying, Okay, let's go. We're doing the temple. He probably was a little overwhelmed, so the Lord sent this encouragement. And the Lord goes on to say this Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple, future tense, in place, the people will shout, May God bless it! May God bless it! Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of the temple, and he Will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Oh, what encouraging words the Lord sent to Zerubbabel on probably a very overwhelming task. It's as if the Lord was saying, Zerubbabel, everything I do has a purpose. Things don't go according to your plan, but mine, and it is so much bigger. It will not be by your strength, but it'll be by mine. And I'm going to clear all those obstacles away. And the people are going to rejoice and shout and be so excited when this temple is completed. What an encouraging God we serve, ladies. He sees our tears, our frustrations. He sees our apathy and misplaced priorities. And in His love, He encourages us. What was Zerubbabel's response? Here's the best part. Immediate obedience. Even if the task seemed overwhelming, and I'm sure it did, after 15 years of nothing. But listen, ladies, he took God at his word and he obeyed the Lord. And listen what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me, I will bless you. There is blessing in obedience. Listen to verse 18 of chapter 2. On this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. It says, carefully consider this. All right, think about this. Consider this. He says, I'm giving you a promise now. While the seed is still in the barn, before you have harvested your grain and before the grapevine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive trees have produced their crops from this day onward. I'm gonna bless you. Because your priorities are back in order, I will bless you. Fantastic. Unbelievable. I love God's Word. How about you? Now, before you can harvest produce, before you can see it come up from the ground, there is still activity, isn't there? Roots are going deep into the soil, and in the future, a plant will grow. The blessings might not come immediately. So, ladies, don't be discouraged. But trust that from this day forward, God's going to bless you. From our workbook, there's a paragraph on page 55, and I'm going to read it because you know what? It's just that good. Listen to this. This is how our God works. He works while we wait. He works, then, from the surface when nothing seems to be happening. He works deep below the soil of our lives to bring about every promise— Just as the people of Haggai's day did, we walk forward by trusting and obeying. We may not see the harvest yet, but He is working and growing things deep beneath the soil, and through it all we trust His sovereign hand. I love that. I read it over and over. God is still working even when we don't see it. Then the Lord goes on to give Zerubbabel a prophecy, and I'm sure Zerubbabel didn't understand all that the Lord was speaking about. It was in the future. And we too can't possibly understand all of God's ways and how He will do it and when He will do it. But here's what I do know. Zerubbabel would understand these words, and they are for us as well. In verse 23 it says, In that day says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, and will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. The signet ring is a type of ring that contains an engraved seal, which was used in the Bible times to authenticate documents and, listen to this, mark ownership. Girls, we are not our own. We were bought with a price, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What was true for Zerubbabel is true for us as well. Isn't that just mind-blowing? Again, Zerubbabel was hardly mentioned in the Word of God, and yet this man God used as a leader and a governor. He was never a king, but he was chosen for such a time as this. And the future that Zerubbabel couldn't know was this humble man was also called by God to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine when he was face-to-face with Christ saying, you are part of the lineage of me? Amazing. And you know, there are prayers that we pray. I have been praying years and years and not seen the answer to yet. But you know what I always think about? My great-grandma never met her. Her stories about her on her knees every day. I think I'm a product of that grandma's prayers. Who knows, ladies, these prayers, whether we see them come true or not, what they are doing for future generations of our children or children's children or people around us, we just don't know. But we are called to be obedient to what God tells us to do. And in that obedience, he says he will bless us. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word this little book that is packed with such power. Lord, we don't really even know about Haggai other than he was faithful to the call to preach your word and to go to Zerubbabel and say exactly what you told him to say, and you blessed it. And now, Lord, I know there's people that are praying and they don't see answers. In fact, it looks like it's going just the opposite way of all of their prayers, but you're still in control and the roots are going down deep. And, Lord, you answer prayers in your timing and in your way. So would you comfort women that are wondering why their prayers haven't been answered, to have a hope knowing you are still working, you work the night shift, you work those things that we cannot see, and help us to be so faithful to you, whether we see it or not. We will hope on you, we will cling to you, and we will love you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.